You're listening to Japan Baseball Weekly. News, interviews, analysis, and hot takes about all 12 NPB teams. Hosted by Jim Allen and John E. Gibson. Hi, and welcome to the Japan Baseball Weekly Podcast. It's for the week of July 31st. I'm John Gibson, and with me on a Saturday night is my buddy Jim Allen. What's happening, man? Oh, I'm on, al- I'm, uh, on alert. Yes, fire, fire. <laughs> Not liar, that. liar. <laughs> yeah. I have a the fire alarm in our building has been going off on and off for the last uh, 10, 15 minutes. And people in the uh, the business end of our apartment, at the, of our block uh, in the first floor seafood restaurant is trying to manage it, but they're not having much luck. So it mm. keeps going on and off. And you may hear it in the background. Just ignore it like, you know, like you do me. Uh, I never ignore you. Never, ever. The reverse, I can't say, is so true, though. But anyway, on this week's show, we've got JBW. Boy, don't we wish that were true. <laughs> we've got JBW on JBW. And that is JB Wendelkin of the Bay Stars is the guest. We've got our Power Tracks ranking segment, and we're going to go rocking with Roki Sasaki and handle some high heat. So let's start swinging. Clearing the bases. Yes, that was something that Jim, uh, when I sent him the interview, Jim reminded me or enlightened me that J.B. Wendelkin has the same initials as J.B.W. the podcast. And I thought, you know, you're right. So we got to call him J.B.W. Just like I say C.S.J. for Carter Stewart Jr. So, yeah, it's done. We does. (laughs) All right. All right. So when I was at Tokyo Dome about two and a half weeks ago, I was able to talk to DNA right-hander J.B. Wendelkin, and I asked him how to pronounce his name, and he said there's an accent on that second syllable. But anyway, he's a first-year righty with the Bay Stars, and he has been doing, quietly, some stellar work. Of course, tonight he gave up a run, as far as I saw uh, in his uh, inning of work out there at uh, Jingu Stadium. But for the most part, he is really, and he doesn't get much fanfare but uh that's the way it should be he has been doing really well his era before tonight was 1.35 so it probably went up to 1.55 let's say uh i don't think he has that many innings but we'll see how far it goes up but uh former softbank uh reliever brian falkenborg remember him years ago sure, on baron von falkenborg sure yeah, he, he stated on the show that hey clearly these bullpen guys like us we we don't get much attention and that's the way it should be if we're getting uh, to paraphrase, if we're getting, if we're having to talk to the media members, it, it's really because something went wrong. <laughs> so oh, that's the way we like it, nice and quiet. And I think very quietly, JB has been doing a good, a good job for the DNA Bay Stars, and that has been a problem for that team in recent years: is middle relief or uh, the setup guy to the setup guy, the bridge to the setup guy, or even the setup guy at times, and even the closer at times. But anyway. Uh, his splits for opponent average have been really good and against lefties and righties and his overall batting average against has been really good. And he is a guy who had pitched about a hundred games in the big leagues or a little bit more than a hundred. And he's really poised and, and he's getting the job done in Yokohama. So let's uh, have a listen to what he had to say. All right. We're with JB Wendelkin of the Yokohama Bay Stars. Thank you for the time today. I appreciate you having me. All right. So you're from Savannah, Georgia. How much does the climate in Japan right now 
How much is it similar to Savannah, Georgia? It is extremely similar. <laughs> I would say the only difference here is the sun seems way hotter. And temperature-wise, feels the same, but I just the sun seems like when you're in the when you're not not in the shade, it's out of control. It's burning you up here. That that heat is from the fans, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, you debuted with the A's in 2016. Yes. Uh, how did how was that experience? It was awesome. It was Mother's Day. Uh, we were in Baltimore. I, I obviously had a, a rough game that that game, but the the sheer atmosphere of it being Mother's Day and actually having my mom at the game and all that it was it was pretty amazing. Then you debuted in MPB on on April 9th yep. versus the Dragons with a big lead. Yeah, yeah. You know, now how did that how did that compare? It, it's the Dragons Mound is it takes you back to the big leagues in the states. It's 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 a beautiful mound and that place is massive so it gives you a little bit of confidence to just wing it in there. So it was a good good place for me to start and get get my MPB MPB career going. Now what was your path to Yokohama? Uh shoot, start off with Oakland. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, how did yeah, you like, end up yeah, getting getting to that uh, getting DFA'd by the uh, uh, Diamondbacks as well and then having um the uh, uh, base stars reach out to me and, and show interest and whatnot, and it was just a no doubter. Like the me getting away from the MLB and kind of like resetting, come back over here, and then me playing over here uh, years prior. And I was always loved how like the games are absolutely out of control every single every everywhere you go. So from the first inning to the ninth inning, the fans have you in the game the entire time. So it was it was a no brainer once I heard they were interested. Now, what did the Bay Stars say they were looking for in a pitcher like you? Uh, someone to help out the bullpen uh, near the back end, just a little extra support. And uh, so basically all my job was to come in and give them all I got and whatever they needed, I was here for them. Oh, man, one of my, one of my men. <laughs> Most of these guys, they were players when I started at the paper here. Now they're coaches and manager. Your manager, too. Yeah. I interviewed him early on. Anyway, um, okay, so... What do you do on nights like last night when Imanaga's like striking out? Like he looks like he's pitching against a high school yeah. team and he's striking everybody out. Sitting back and enjoying. Um, <laughs> once his pitch count gets up, obviously all the guys in there start moving around, warm up, get loose, and uh, be ready at any time. So really, it's, it's it's enjoyable to watch when any of our pitchers are out there. But last night he put on a show and it was it was very fun to watch. Now your splits, uh, batting average against. For lefties and righties, it's like it's 160 for righties and 186 for lefties. Virtually the same. How are you doing this in Japan? Uh, really reading swings. I know we got the, we have a great analytical team that give us all the information in the world, but I'm the, I'm an old school guy. I, I like to I like to throw a pitch and kind of just see how the hitters react, and I kind of like go off my gut and what I think would be the best pitch for the next or the next pitch to attack with. So just being a, a, a good reader of, of hitters and trying to understand the game and realize that how aggressive these guys are and staying in the zone is, is key and um and i think that's that's leading to a big part of it because a lot of these situations i come in i can't i can't just leave balls right in the middle of the zone so i have to actually pay attention to be on my p's and q's when i come out now what about approaching these left-handed batters there's a lot of slap and run guys a lot of just slap hitters uh, in general it's, and, and it's, it's yeah it's 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 the key is just to be aware of it um i got i, I got caught sleeping one time bunting and i told myself that ain't gonna happen no more um so it's like you just got to be you got to be ready at all times and knowing that they'll do that it's kind of like you want to you want to put it in on their hands and stuff like that but sometimes that ain't how the cookie crumbles so just making my make my pitch in the best best of my abilities, but once I let go, it's out of my control, and I, I let my guys work. Don't move. 
Now, you can't say this because they're your teammates, but I'll say it. You know, you look around the defensively, you look around the field, and there's two guys who rank at the top in defense in, you know, in the Central League, and that's Miyazaki at third, and it's uh, Sekine in outfield. Otherwise, there's not a lot of elite defensive, defensive players out there, but you guys are making plays on the balls that are hit to you, and you're getting the job done. Yeah. And how big is that for... It's, it's, a pitcher. it's huge as a pitcher because uh, obviously we're, we can't go up there and strike everybody out every single time or we wouldn't have anybody behind us. So them being there and making the plays when, when we need it, and obviously there's there's going to be mishaps and errors and stuff like that, but, hell, we got them as errors out there on the mound ourselves. So it's it, it all goes into just guys that are, they work every single day, work hard. You see them right now. They're, they're busting their tail in there. <laughs> they're, they're working hard at everything they do. So it's, it's impressive to watch. and. It, they minimize the errors. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not just the errors. I mean, a lot of times balls get hit that just don't turn into outs for yeah. some reason. And you guys are making the outs when they're hit to you. How much do the numbers really matter? Uh, the numbers are huge. And, and, and like I said, some, like I said, sometimes the mishaps happen. But at the same time, these guys, when they when they step up there and they, it seems like they're, they're ready for that pitch, it's the, 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 the numbers show, as you said. You said. The ball gets to them or comes to them, they stop it. And that's, that's key. Now, you pitch... You're in the pitcher's room with a huge personality and Trevor Bauer, and a lot of people want to talk to him, and he's just a, a big name. Yeah. What's it like being on the team? Uh, he's, a, he's a nice guy. He, uh, he, 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 work, he will as himself. Like, you see, if you watch his YouTube and whatnot, he, he's a, a baseball guy. He talks baseball. He loves baseball. He wants to be better. He wants to learn. He's learning every single day. So that being said, he, he, he comes and he does his job and goes about his business the right way, and that's all you can ask for as a teammate. What's he like in the pitcher's meeting? Uh, pitchers meetings, uh, I, there's usually starters on starter, um, but like out there, starters like so, so like ba- or yeah, starters. <laughs> so basically, out here when we have our little pregame little speech, it's usually just like a little pep talk or something like that. But everybody's pretty keen with him, and he he he, flo- he goes with the flow here. Now, how much is the manager Miura in the pitchers meetings? Uh, not that not that often. If there's something key he would like to say, like going leading into the uh, end of the interleague championship games kind of thing. Uh, he came in and gave us a little speech, and uh, he kind of tends to give us our space and let the guys work. And I think that uh, I mean he he plays both sides. He, he's manager. He's he's, he's a hitting guy. Now he's pitching. He's always been a pitcher, but he's a hitting guy now. He's doing everything. He's doing all of it. So, uh, mad respect to him. He can control the game and do what he does. That's awesome to hear. All right, last question. Now the team is winning and doing well, but it's just July. You got to slog through the heat yeah. and get through here. But what are some of the keys and what can you guys improve on in the second half? Uh, the small things. And that goes down to the basics of just fielding ground balls off the mound and ground balls here in the infield. If we continue to do the small things right, you can't you can't fail. And if we win every inning, you can't lose a game. That's it. Perfectly said. Thanks for your time today. Appreciate it. All right. Well, Nagoya Dome, his favorite mound, and the one that uh, he christened or christened his MPB career. That's awesome. That sounded good. Uh, what uh, caught your ear, Jim? Well, a few things. One, I, I, when as soon as he said that, of course, I want to know how does it differ from Yokohama? But I know the DNA, uh, DNA, excuse me, I know that the Chunichi and Hanshin and Hiroshima and uh, the Tokyo Ugly Dome all have these, they all build their mounds now with the same clay bricks that they use in MLB. Hmm. So that was a, a, a an artifact of uh, you know the Japan MLB All Star Games. Those 
ballparks had their mounds rebuilt and they kind of liked them. Mm. I think what they liked is not having to 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 you know go to the sandbox and fill in the sand where the pitcher's feet have been landing every sure every yeah. game. You know, <laughs> rebuild it. it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just fill it up. Just pour sand in that hole. <laughs> and uh, so so that was interesting. But I am curious. I don't know nothing about Yokohama, so that would be interesting to find out. Now, uh, the other thing, you know, and he mentioned his. <laughs> He mentioned his debut on Mother's Day, and I was I was at an MLB ballpark on Mother's Day in 2014. I was in New York at City Field and talking to Terry Collins. This has nothing to do with DC, yeah, yeah, Wendelkin. But I was there, and John Devis, the former Oryx batting coach, was there, and he's and I said, "How you doing, John?" He said, "I'm doing good." It's you know, it's a good thing to have a day game because we're flying to we're flying to Denver tonight. And I'll get there in the afternoon. And today's Mother's Day, and I'm sure there are some mothers in Denver who aren't getting anything. And I'll try to give them some. Hashtag high heat. <laughs> something. <laughs> you said something. some. Anyway, I don't even know what this. How we got <laughs> off the rails on a JV? <laughs> well, that's that's when Delkin interview. I'll yeah. never know. Yeah, but that was I just I couldn't. That's <laughs> one of those lines you just don't forget. Well, yeah, the one of the lines I don't want to remember. Um. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be you're stuck with it for life now. Great. So anyway, uh, there was uh, so there was the 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 mound is interesting, and I thought the other one is uh, since you mentioned DNA's defense, I would mention that their defensive efficiency rating rating, which is the percentage of uh, balls in play that are turned into outs. outs. Mm-hmm. Is the lowest in NPB? It's the lowest in NPB. Yep. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me it was like near the top, and that despite you know you saying this, that that it's not as bad as you think, John. But it's actually it's worse, is what you're telling me. Because <laughs> I didn't oh, think it was I, don't, that bad. I don't know. I I don't pretend to know what you think. Uh. So, but but yeah, but I since 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 you mentioned it. And of course, he's got a great attitude, which is, you know, we're all we're all trying our best. So I'm not going to, you know, and we make, you know, we're human beings and we make mistakes, too. So, you know, we don't, you know, no point in fingers. Sure. At least least for maybe for the guys out of the bullpen. Well, on like 90 percent of the balls that they don't catch. Yeah. Or there's 10 percent that they want to point some fingers. You know, come on, bro. (laughs) But yeah. Wow. Okay. No, I I thought it was really interesting, and I I I personally agree with you. I think he's been, you know, he he has slotted in very well, and he's provided a lot of big innings of relief for the for DNA. So great. Yeah, I you know obviously love Nagoya Dome, and uh, I should have asked. I should have done a follow up, but I think it seeing as he hasn't probably pitched in every single stadium it'd be hard for him to point out exactly what the differences are mm. from all the mounds but that might be a good question later on and i think we did promise the listeners years ago to ask more pitchers about the mound so we have to remember to do that it's just sometimes we have limited time and that doesn't come up that's like at the bottom of the question list but uh, I was able to do a story about JB, and I think it came out this past week, so probably about 10 days ago, if you're listening to the show on Monday on release day, 
but I really just like the old school comment and and reading bats and and going off feeling mm. and all that kind of stuff because I, and I know that the the analytics really really help but all that stuff I believe is supposed to is supposed to enhance what something's some some base that you have that's already there and you can't be so rigid that you can't be willing to change the program halfway through you know Look. oh yeah you have to you 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 have to obviously know pay attention to what's going on sure you know you have to see what's in front of you i mean you may decide no i'm you know i'm gonna i think they're right i think the next thing is coming and i think that was that but you can't you can't just throw it out you know throw the baby out with the bathwater. yeah yeah so I, I i like that understanding what the batter is trying to do mm -hmm. and i remember talking to I went to an indie league game years ago in Ishikawa Prefecture, I think it was, mm. and talked to a pitcher. And I said, so what were you seeing up there with the batter? And he said, I, I really wasn't worried about the batter. I was trying to execute my pitches. And I'm like, yeah, but that guy was looking, you know, he's letting all your off-speed pitches float by because he knew you weren't going to throw him in the zone. And he was hunting fastballs and you threw him a fastball. And I just stopped talking to the guy because I'm like, well, you know, you got to read what the batter's trying to do that's part of it that is included and that is whatever your plan is you have to understand that the batter has a plan too and and you've you've got to work with that or within those parameters of you know understanding what he's trying to do and then obviously none of it matters if you don't execute the pitch anyway uh mm. but yeah uh now i see why you're here in the indie league you know <laughs> i was thinking when i was talking to this guy and i don't know if it was the right conclusion for me to come to or not but anyway that's uh, i i walked away well that's that a great comment and I'll, I'll throw another little historical aside to you kazuhisa hall of famer kazuhisa now in one of the japan one of the, i think the the nishitetsu lions played three straight japan series against the yomiri giants and he was just having it's just struggling against kazushige kazushige kazushige's uh, yeah, yeah shige nagashima and then he said, he's going, I can't, this guy is all over. It's got everything I pitch. And then I realized he wasn't thinking at all. <laughs> you know, it was, it was no, no, no logical progress process in what this batter was doing. He was just going by how he feels. And it's okay. So if that's the case, I'm going to do this. And that's how he got him out was he stopped trying to think about it too much. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I've heard some pitchers say that too, that look, everything I was trying to, when I was trying to spin the ball, when I was trying to make things happen, it wasn't working for me. And when I just got the ball and just threw it, I started getting out. So uh, I've heard that before as well, but there is, look, there is some logic to that. Yeah. I, I, I loved hearing about the, you know, the feel and the reading mm -hmm. of the bats and everything. I like, I like seeing it and he, JB has the results to back it up. And it does come down to the execution of pitches, but he really is doing a good job. And he's one of the reasons that the base stars have a chance to finish in, in contention and uh, reach the playoffs and, and do more damage as they go along there. But I, I was surprised, to be honest, to hear that Daisuke Miura, the manager, doesn't regularly participate in the pitchers meetings. And I don't know why I'm surprised, because when you become a manager, you are supposed to manage the entire team, not just one part of it. But that is his area, you would think, of expertise and focus. And I'm surprised, but I'm happily surprised. And it makes hmm. sense that the team is doing well, because he is managing the entire team, not just focusing on one group. 
but it just seemed to me that yeah, you know, these managers who are usually are former pitchers and these managers who are former hitters maybe spend a little bit of more time with the area of their expertise in that he would be in the pitchers' meetings a little bit more. So when JB said he doesn't really come in that much and delivered a, uh, a message to us before the the interleague uh, championship or, or or one of the big games in the interleague. I was quite surprised to hear that. That that's actually impressive. Yeah, I mean, actually, I was thinking that too. I was I wasn't surprised, but I was I thought it was a I thought that was a sign of a mature manager and that he wasn't trying to manage. Um, it wasn't he's not micromanaging. You know, or, he's letting the pitchers do you know the pitching coaches do their stuff and letting the other coaches do their stuff and or at least that's how it sounds to me. Well, remember years years and years ago when we looked around, I think it was one of the uh, Shinosuke Abe of the Giants was about to retire or somewhere around that time. And and I said, you know, Japan really doesn't develop its managers. They just throw a guy in there. I think it was when they took Yoshinobu Takahashi and just made him the manager, like woke him up in the morning with a phone call and said that yeah. the guy wants to see you get down here to, you know, in the morning at seven. And I, Yeah, and he just, couldn't say, they got, they picked somebody who couldn't say no. Right, right. And that's how people, that's how guys end up being managers. Not like they groom them. It's not like there's any kind of training courses or anything out there. And I really think not, Japan, that's not a hundred percent true. No, it is. Th- there are guys. I mean, like of course Satoshi Nakajima. He was when they made him the when Oryx made him the minor league manager when they signed him, and he was out of a you know he was they they hired him over from Nippon Ham. Uh, they made him the farm manager with the understanding that he was going to be their future manager. Right, right. Which is, which is pretty gosh darn rare in Japan. <laughs> That's what that yeah you're saying yeah they made him the manager with the idea that hey in the future we want to see it on the big club doing what you do but I'm I'm just saying it's not it's not something we see processes that are visible and that we understand and that we mm. hear about enough and I'm sure it, it happens yeah, there are guys maybe uh, Kazuo Matsuya obviously of Cebu the the team put him in charge of the of the farm team and and we knew we imagined that he would be the manager. Hmm. Uh, on the top team at some point, but they I don't I'm not sure if they came out and said it or had a plan or uh, made that plan public. But it's just that I just don't see it enough. And that's probably why we have some teams like the fighters and the dragons whose managers are getting in the way of their teams winning rather than facilitating or, you know, they have the man. It seems like they have enough talent on the field to do better, but they don't seem to be um, managed the right way. I mean, we can all see that the, there, there are issues with both of those teams. And I just, you know, I'm just thinking we need more guys uh, who who are developed. But I think Miura was not a guy necessarily who was developed. Remember, he did spend one year, uh, or was it two, but at least one year, kind of half coaching and half uh, pitching. And then he went down to be the farm manager, which I only remember because all the stories uh all the stories in 2019 was it about Alex Ramirez were about how <laughs> about how he was ruining the team and every story about how Alex Ramirez was ruining the team was only was none of the stories were complete without a comment that on the farm team Dai Daisuke Miura is leading the Eastern League in sacrifice bunts and stolen bases 
<laughs> in other words, he really understands Japanese, Japanese baseball, baseball yeah, and yeah. Alex Ramirez doesn't. That was the message of that. Of course, then when he came up to the Bay Stars, they they didn't uh, they were really bad at stealing bases because that was the team they had. And they weren't sacrificing because they were always trailing. <laughs> so, you know, these things, it's just what people say. It doesn't have any meaning. But, you know, they did have him on the farm team. And I I, I think the, the team had been hoping he would be the next manager. Just like I think the the Giants want, they wanted Shinosuke Abe to be the manager two years ago. <laughs> Tatsunori Haro was saying, you can have this, jo- take this job out of my cold, dead hand. Yeah, I'm still eating here. <laughs> Get away from my plate. Uh, but yeah, that that is uh, that is a, an aspect that I didn't, I don't even remember, but I just knew that uh, at least Miura had done some coaching before. So it's nice to know that he was mm. on the farm and hit. And they had got him. Got there are him guys who who don't even do that. Yeah, there are there are too many guys who don't even do that. And I think Takahiro Arai mm-hmm. uh, is one of them. And mm. Tatsunami uh, Kazuyoshi Tatsunami of the Dragons is another. And Shinjo walked in off the street, bopping in and saying, uh, I, "He just after he had tried to continue his career as a player." Uh, the next, yeah, thing that that mystifies about. me actually because the fighters had had until Atsunori Inaba took over, the fighters had been a team where with probably the most thorough managerial searches. Or at least it also seemed like there was a progression plan in place that uh, we were going to go from, not always, but it just seemed like you know their coaches, their managers were not just out of the blue until Shinjo came along. Well, I mean, out of the blue. They were reasonable, although I do remember Wayne Grassic basically, I, I think in a in whatever year uh, 2012 when Kurihara took over uh, Kuriyama took over I remember him saying well the guy was a analyst he's got zero experience you know he's never going to do nothing which I have to say was was also equally silly mm. uh, I think he said the same thing about Hiromitsu Uchiha in 2004 when he took the Dragons to the Japan series and so, should have won <laughs> well well, yeah, uh, I uh, say should have won, but I didn't see any games. I was in the states, but yeah, <laughs> could have won. Well, there was there were some huge pitching performances from 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 both sides in that series. It was it was a great series, but yeah, it was it was. Uh, so these things do happen, but there are teams that that seem to have an approach, and then there are teams that you know that just don't. And I think the as you said, the just don't group is pretty much the larger group. You know, it seems like they just say, like they used to uh, select the Japan's WBC manager. They used to, you know, go out in the street and see if you can find some old guy who played baseball once. Yeah, he used to play. He knows what's going on. Get him. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and Mikey. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, and one of the, I was talking to Hitoshi Tamura, he says, I said, what did you think about when Yamamoto was picked? He was like, uh, I don't want to say, but I said, does it, does it affect, do players care if it seems like NPB has no interest in, you know, in actually having a search or actually thinks about who the manager should be? He says, you better believe it does. <laughs> you know, why are we, you know, why are we giving up our time to play for the team when NPB can't be bothered to figure out who the manager should be? Right. Yeah. Well, interesting stuff. And uh, again, 
Uh, it's fun to talk about the base stars there in contention, and and that's that's good. Uh, I like that that fan base. I think has put in a lot of uh, has gone through a lot of watching a team that not that doesn't perform very well year after year. So it's good to have that team in contention, and uh, I like it. I love it, and I like Miura, and there are aspects of the team I don't like, but there are aspects of the team I do like. So it's ambivalent as I root for. Michael West Bay and the Yokohama team. But uh, let's make a four-seam transition and do our power ranking segment mm-hmm. called Power Track. So you know my process. So I'm sitting around. I'm on the train the other day, and I'm thinking, okay, obviously, I don't even need to worry about this thing. This is going to be the easiest power tracks ever oh, because, really? the, because the carp are so hot, and the Eagles had an eight-game winning streak in there at mm. one point, so they're up there. And uh, I can't think of another team that has been hot, but uh, I'll find one. Something will come to mind. But in the in the teams that have been bad, there have been two uh, obvious ones. The Fighters had a 13-game skid. The Hawks had a 12-game skid. And the Dragons are perpetually clueless under Kazuyoshi Tatsunami. So those, those are my bottom three, and I don't even have to look at the stats. And so that's what I'm going to go with. And I really didn't even bother to look until today earlier oh, okay so did, but i did look so, of course yes because i have to i have to i have to finish the process and i saw that the marines had won 12 games and so they won tonight so that's 13 and so they're right behind the eagles in terms of wins and mm-hmm. i thought where did that come from because i remember the like i said the eagles you know hideto asamura just went on this homer hitting bingy surgy kind of thing and he was winning games for them uh single battedly if you might say. And, um, it, you know, I just didn't realize that the Marines had won that many games. And of course the carp, uh, that nine game winning streak, or did they extend it to 10, 10 game winning streak that they had recently. And, uh, it was stopped. And at the moment it is scoreless in game two. I'm sorry, not scoreless. It is in the 10th inning of game two, of their weekend series here on Saturday. And we had to break away from that. And my wife had to peel me away from the TV. He said, John, it's time to record. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> I'm watching this. How are you going to lay skin on the television? Well, wow. it's the remote. It's the remote. Okay. can't pry it out of my warm, <laughs> still alive hands. So, <laughs> but anyway, uh, that game, like I said, is going to the 11th inning and they're tied at two. But uh, the Tigers won the first game and that kind of, if you want to call it a showdown, I don't know that there are too many showdowns in July, even August. It's really September when these things are going to get decided. But so that's what I came up with. I've got uh, I'm going to lead with the carp because the the 10 game winning streak they had. Uh, I'm going with the Eagles and I'll put the buff. I'm sorry, the Marines up there at number three. But the Buffaloes also had a good month as well, so it's 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 kind of close. But uh, yeah, mm. I, I'm going with those three: the Carp, the Eagles, and then the Marines. What I have you? I I do not have a grudge against the Oryx Buffaloes, although I'm sure people believe I might. <laughs> but they really haven't been they haven't been all that good, and they haven't been all that good in July, and they haven't they weren't all that good in June. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna actually put them last. Uh, you can't because, no you no know, you can't put them behind a team that just lost 13 games in a row and then another one that lost 12 in a row and then won a game and then has lost the past two. I don't know about that. Well, I'm raising a flag. 
Well, you're not I'm looking at the flag. you're not looking <laughs> at the data. So all I can say is take that take the data that you don't look at and put your flag there. I can't find it. I'm not looking at it. Okay. I don't even see it. Okay. (laughs) All right. So so I see them there. Explain the system. Okay. Basically, there's I I work on on two indicators. One is their actual record, and the other is how many runs they score and allow. And I give them a I give them two thirds for scored and allowed and one third for record because I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Wins are relevant because you know they're they're the the record. Yeah. Yeah. That exactly. That is the point of doing it. Um, sometimes they happen by the flukiest of reasons, but it is the goal to amass wins. So you, I'm not throwing that out. So I, I give two thirds for you know how well they do in scored and allowed, and then I give two thirds. I then I half that and I actually include June. So, so basically, yeah. So basically, the the buffaloes are the farthest below the norm in Japan right now. Just a, just a little bit of. Uh, behind a Nippon ham and the DNA base stars are just squeaking into that. Although they're in the realm of normal, they're just at the bottom of normal. And then the, the two at the top are the same as you had the Hiroshima carp and the rock 10 Eagles. And I, the, the team that was closest to them, but still just sort of in the normal area of competition was the Hanshin tigers in my system. So. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I understand that. I think that okay. just kind of it's like putting butter on a on a English muffin because okay. You got cracks and crevices and stuff where the butter is going to go in and you got places where you got gaps where there's not going to be any butter. And what I mean by that is sometimes when you get to the back of the rotation, you're going to have some bad games or some bad outcomes sure. that throw off the scoring and other things that you might measure. And that might knock a team down. Uh, but so you'll lose a game like eight to one or something like that. But then in the, in the games that you're winning, you might not win by that much. You might win some four to two and some five to three games, something like so that. So that's again by the theory that, well, I'm, I'm not going to go by any theories. Anyway, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I don't, yeah. uh, but I also say, you know, you got to go with what you got. I understand. Like I said, the butter is on the English muffin, and you're going to eat it and enjoy it. I just think there are going to be some gaps in there that there where there's just. Oh no yeah, fun. absolutely. It's yeah. not. It's yeah. not. It's not like rocket science. It's not like any kind of science. It's just a guess. But it's more of a guess of actually things that happened as opposed to uh, what I felt when I was on the train. Yeah, and <laughs> well, I mean, no, I go back and I look at the numbers. I always I look at the do. numbers. Like the Eagles scored a bunch of runs. Like they led. I think Japan and runs uh, so far here in July, they've just been killing the runs. But that's a lot of that has been Asamura just going crazy and hitting, having multiple home run games or just hitting home runs when there are guys on base and, and getting, and it's not just the home runs. He just really has been on fire in every sense of the word. I, I tweeted it out one day. I said, I just said, man on fire. I'm like, they got to get that guy to the fire department and put him up before he burns the whole rest of the team. They're going to hurt. He's going to hurt somebody. He was just incredible. Uh, he has been in, in the month of July. Yeah, he I mean, looked he, like, yeah, he looked like Osamura of, of you know, five yeah. years ago. And I, and I said, I thought the same thing. My thought was, okay, this is just like Takaya Nakamura of the Lions. This, I mean, if you play him all this much, you're either going to burn it all out in a quick six week period, or he's going to get hurt. Because that's what has happened in the past with this guy. So 
uh, in the recent past. Uh, he hasn't been able to sustain this kind of play over a long period of time. So it's, enjoy the month, but don't, I mean, don't wear the guy out. But they needed that. They needed that uh, push from him to get, you know, close to contention. And they were wallowing near last place. Now they're, you know, in a in a position where they're contending for a playoff spot, barely. But that's because SoftBank, SoftBank has been going the opposite direction i mean when you lose more than 10 games consecutively that really really yeah it's not good it's but again, more than a gut punch it's it's a yeah, damaging they just, blow they just were not scoring it was really weird and uh, as we said last the last couple of weeks it's been really weird so and yeah. we said on the the mid-season show it was really weird so no it hasn't been a surprise but yeah, it hasn't because I think one of the things uh, we talked about other than Yanagita. Oh, I mean, it's not a, what, I, what I mean is it's not a surprise now because it's something we've been watching unfold. Sure. But yeah, that, I mean, I've noticed it early on that no one else really was hitting consistently for power. Uh, you know, Kensuke Kondo, not a power hitter, although his his OPS was really high. He had been hitting for some power, but... Again, that's something that I didn't think was really sustainable, and he has slowed down. So it's just, just been, you know, a bad time for. And the fighters, you know, what I've been calling him the mask boss. And he, I mean, they almost set a club record for longest losing streak. They somehow won that game. They had lost 13 in a row, and they won and stopped that skid and then they won they ended up winning three straight and i think they lost yesterday and they lost today so again um i'm not sure <laughs> where to push put the blame and these one run games in my opinion the close game i'm sorry they didn't lose on friday they won on they did friday. not yeah they won on friday but they lost today when when these one run games that i, that I think the manager has a bigger role than in it, when you lose by six or seven, I'm sorry, yes, well, five or six runs because the pitcher, the pitching just didn't hang on. But in those other games that are close and you get runners on and you have a chance to do something and be aggressive or not be aggressive and sit back and win, whatever it is, the manager, I think, plays a bigger role. And I just think Shinjo has not reached the point where he has matured enough to either not do something silly or try something, um, in being aggressive with the right players, the right combination of players. Now, I haven't watched every pitch, so I can't say that uh, for sure. But I just it's my opinion, and I and I do watch, and I'm saying, well, okay, here's a here's an area, here's an opportunity to play hit and run, and they either do it or they do it like you said <laughs> on the wrong pitch, uh, or they do it with two outs, you know, or something when it's too late, and even if you get the hit and run. It's successful with a runner at first. It goes from first to third, but you still have to get him home, and and that's going to require hips. So I think they have to take some responsibility. Now I'm not saying it's all his fault, but those one run games, I do, I do give the manager some of the some of the blame for those. So I don't know. They just haven't looked good. No, they have not. All right. Well, uh, let's make a two seam transition, and we did have our rockin' with Roki day. That was <laughs> July. 24th that was release day for the previous podcast and that was a tough one that was a standalone monday night game uh mondays are recovery day for me and just kind of relax and do nothing and here's a baseball game and i think uh i think 
Sasaki pitched the way I felt that day, which was, I don't want to be <laughs> working too hard on my day off. <laughs> That's the way I approached that Monday. And he pitched six innings. He gave up four hits, a walk. He struck out nine and what turned out to be kind of a sleeper classic game because it was, uh, they beat SoftBank two to one in this game. And uh, unless you're a fan of those teams, you probably weren't really paying that much attention to the schedule and didn't really know it was on. But uh, he looked okay. Um, I, I, I think the fork ball was working. He, I, again, I think he, this game was at Zoza Marine Stadium. I think he just looks so much more comfortable in that stadium than any other place. And I don't know if he likes the wind or prefers the wind to be blowing out there or what's happening. But what did you see? I thought his command was really good. Uh, during the, the All-Star game, I don't know if anybody's or we commented that he threw one pitch that was 160 kilometers per hour. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think he only hit touched 160 once uh, in this game. He was, he was not throwing ultra hard, but I thought his uh, fastball had, he, he did have a little bit of that, you know, the, that side spin, that kind of poor spin, mm-hmm. not staying on top of the fastball a bit. But the location was very good, and that helped. And he was throwing he was d- throwing his uh, splitter, which is the way I like to see him throw it, which is before you get two strikes, you throw that puppy in the zone mm-hmm. and make guys swing and miss it. <laughs> because unless they're looking for – because if they're looking splitter in the zone and you throw a fastball, you know, might as well just go back and sit down in the dugout. <laughs> so – Guys are looking fastball in the zone, and you throw a splitter up there, and they look really bad. And then when two strikes and they have to chase, then you throw one in the dirt. And that's pretty much what he did, and it was it was pretty easy. Uh, he, he missed some pitches. A couple of them got hit. The run he gave up was pretty soft as runs go. Yep. I've uh, noticed that that has happened a lot this season to him. Uh, you know, it was it was. Well, let's see. It was a ball, a catchable ball past the third base bag. It wasn't caught, although it was not going to be an easy play, but it wasn't. It, it was it not hit hard yet. It wasn't golden glove necessary. Uh-huh. You know, golden glove was not necessary on that play. But, he, you know, he the guy, uh, he Snoriasa made a stab at it. He didn't come up with it. OK, fair enough. And then what's next? A stolen base with uh, on a. On a, on a, a weird, the weirdest of possible throws from the catcher. Uh, we don't know if that was, you know, what's what was up there, and and so on. And then there was another hit, and that's that's how it happened. And that was the whole account. And and Shuti Ishikawa, to his credit, pitched really well. And it wasn't even like his typical Shuti Ishikawa game, which is usually. He doesn't walk people when he doesn't walk anybody. It's really good because he usually those are the games when he'll strike out eight or nine. Mm-hmm. But he didn't strike out a lot of guys either. But he still uh, was keeping guys off the barrel, which is really not his thing. I guess his curveball was working. That, that spike curvy throws was working pretty well. Anyway, he got he got them into a winning situation, and then Kasia Kakanaka continued to remind us that he is not dead yet. Yeah. Yeah, so they were losing this game. The run came off of uh, Sasaki in the first inning, and so mm-hmm. it was one nothing all the way through eight innings into the ninth inning and the top of the ninth, and then they uh, bring it to the bottom of the ninth. And uh, Roberto Osuna, who spent last season with Chiba, 
uh, is the closer now for the SoftBank Hawks. And uh, they got a runner to third, the Marines did. And they had a comebacker to the mound. And, I mean, Osuna executed a perfect rundown play. He didn't throw the ball. He ran toward the runner himself. Hmm. He dove at him and without a throw, made the tag at third. And not only that, he didn't allow the batter runner to advance to second. And I thought at that very second, because he, he I mean, he put on a burst of speed to. Yeah, to, he had to, to exert himself. It was and, not and, it was not an easy or a good looking play, but he got it done. Right. And then he goes back out to the mound. And I thought, OK, well, that made it two outs. Now you got to get a feisty hitter and. Uh, I mean, he just drilled. Uh, it was Katsuya. I, I, I tweeted he was Katsuya Kakunaka in the, the cover off the ball <laughs> on that pitch because <laughs> Kakunaka just drilled. a. I called it a wayward fastball. I don't know what Yahoo said it was, but there was a runner on and it was a walk off two run homer. And that's why I said it was a sleeper classic. It was a great. You it was know, a terrific game. Yeah. You take that deep breath after you get the runner out. At, you know, you have a runner on third and you get him out. And then you give up a, a walk-off home run. And uh, I didn't think Sasaki deserved to lose the game. He had pitched pretty well. And I think well, I, I message to you though. that he still has this thing going this season. Uh, it's not every game, but there, there's just a little bit of magic there when he comes off the mound losing that they seem to, to get a run and take him off the hook or get, get a run and put him in position to win. And he doesn't always win them, and he has lost a few, but still, it, it, it's fun. It's fun, to, it's fun to look at. Well, the, the downside was that on, he threw 93 pitches and he came out. He could have, you know, it looked like, wow, he could have come out for another inning. But he came out and he walked straight off through the dugout and back to the clubhouse. And it was like, OK, he's done early. And so what happened was he had a, a left oblique muscle strain yeah. on his on his 90th pitch of the game. And then he finished off Dodo Kurihara for the final out of the sixth inning and he was done. Yeah. So, that... And and he's he's not expected to be back for he's expected to be out for two months. Two months because I know they took him off the roster. I thought it was gonna be his obligatory, you know what, we need to take care of this guy. He's our jewel and uh so you're saying two months it was a mm. it was a strain well the problem with you know my my colleague at work was saying no it's a tear because it says it's it's a tear but the problem is that a tear and a strain in japanese are, yeah. well even in english they're two they're two ends of a continuum and at one point a strain you know it's like when it's really really severe they'll call it a, a, a tear and when it's less severe they'll call it a strain but it's more or less you know, cup half, half empty, a, half full kind of thing. It's a degree of, of tear, yes. Exactly. So, trust me, I know. <laughs> yeah. So, and I and I remember Bobby Valentine being particularly annoyed by the, his medical staff saying that Tadahito Iguchi in two thousand nine has a uh, quad tear, and he was ready to play in ten days, and he was thinking it was going to take two months. Right. And he said, "Well, what's up with that?" Of course, he was he was deep into the lote deep state at that time and conspiracy theories because the, the <laughs> Marines were playing. They were. Uh, and if you have a chance to read my blog and and read um, Major League comes to Japan, it's all about how the Marines' 2009 season re, um, paralleled the movie Major League. 
<laughs> with in which the manager and and half the players were trying to win and the team the front office was trying to lose mm-hmm. so yeah so yeah but it ended up being a great game to watch and so mm. that that was very fun so uh of course Sasaki did not get the W but he didn't get the L no L's <laughs> no L's all right let's go to fielding questions All right, so this one is an MP3. We love to get the MP3s. It has been a long time. I can't remember when the last time we got one. I think we got one earlier this year, but I I can't remember. We don't get enough. We don't get enough, people. Just pick up your smartphone. Anyway, Jordan did. (laughs) Jordan did. Only John Debus should come along. (laughs) Jordan said uh, he's sending this message by way of Gihu. Uh, he was out there for a while, but I think he's basically stationed or lives on the East Coast of the United States. So uh, I guess we should call it New York, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, if it's I, in I the think Eastern given, time given, zone. given our track record, uh, yeah, I would guess. say no. Yeah, <laughs> don't guess. Yeah. All right. Well, here's Jordan. Hey, John and Jim. Uh, my name is Jordan. I'm calling from Gifu Prefecture, uh, uh, visiting my mother-in-law with my wife and my 20-month-old son. And... I love the podcast. I'm grateful that y'all put forth the effort. Uh, I just started watching NPB this year when I, you know, sort of got a hankering for it, watching the early rounds of the World Baseball Classic. Uh, that 5 a.m. time slot on the East Coast of the U.S. really appeals to my nature. So I figured out a way to, you know, watch some Japanese TV, and I've been watching NPB all season. Now, given that uh, we're in, you know, Gifu, just north of Nagoya, I said, well, I'll pull for the local boys. And as you can imagine, that's uh, Chunichi, which uh, much to my chagrin this year, they haven't been super excellent, but I've come to love the players. Uh, Yuki Okabayashi is very exciting to watch. I'm head over heels uh, for uh, Seiya Hosokawa. Um, the pitching has been really fun. You know, obviously Takahashi, but Ogasawara as well. I, you know, I, I could go on and on, but I'm, grateful for y'all's podcast i'm grateful for the resources that are present online with you know yaku cosmopolitan gaijin baseball as well um it's really made the league feel like less of a novelty and more of an actual this is baseball this is really really in-depth this is the same as for mlb and honestly i've watched more npb just because of my schedule with the little guy uh than i have mlb this year uh gosh i wish i had something more in the way of questions um because I know that's what you're trying to solicit, but you know, just want to let you know, I'm grateful for the podcast. I'm grateful for y'all's time. Uh, I'm hoping Chunichi turns it around uh, as an aside, because, you know, I wanted somebody maybe a little bit better root for, uh, went to the Pacific league and, you know, given Osaka is kind of close, you know, figured Oryx wasn't a bad choice. Uh, you know, watching Yamamoto has been really fun, but uh, yeah, fellas, I- I'm grateful. Um, if there's anything just, random advice uh, about watching the game more things I'd, I'd love to hear it i guess in terms of a sort of general question but just wanted to thank you and and uh looking forward to listening to the pod again next week thanks a million all right how awesome was that that was uh, that a was really long cool. we like yeah we'd like to keep them about one minute but hey uh that was really so it fun. says the people who talk about baseball for an hour to two and a half hours you'd like well, to keep them for under a minute yeah, it's mostly you, though. Hashtag high. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice one. So I, I do have some comments about the dragon scene as you're a new listener. I haven't spoken about this for years, but I am a Dragons fan. Uh, they are essentially my first team. 
in Japan. I, I, I've been out to Gifu, to the Ogaki area, to Tajimi, to other parts of, of Gifu. Played a lot of basketball tournaments out there in the 1990s. And yeah, the, the Dragons were my team. Uh, I When I came to Japan in 1990, at the end of the season, got to see a little bit of Hiromitsu Ochiai. He was a star player at the time. And this Los Angeles and Nagoya are sister cities. And so the Dragons uniforms and the Dodgers uniforms are just about the same. They were pr- practically at that time, they were almost identical. And so it was easy to fall in love with the Dragons. And, you know, this version of the, the team, I you know, a lot of talent, as you said, Okabayashi has a lot of talent. And I remember telling Jim, Jim said, this guy he looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. And I said, no, he's, he's learning the strike zone. He's I don't think That's, I mentioned that he was learning. No, that the is pictures. that is not exactly what I said. What I said was, uh, given what he's done, given what he's done so far, and what he's done in the minors, the minors. there was no expect. There was no, not no concrete expectation that he was going to uh, be of. He he would be a valuable part at the top of the order. Is what I said. Oh, I don't remember that explanation oh, because I think what, when we talked about it, you said he was, he doesn't look, uh, he's some, something that affected he looks like he doesn't have a clue or he's just not doing no, it or something no, like that. No, I tend that's, not that's to comment. What I, remember. I, don't, yeah. I tend not to comment on people's approaches if I don't watch them a lot. Okay. Well, I remember. I mean, he was hitting, of... he was hitting okay, but he was, um, Tatsunami had plugged in a bunch of guys at the top of the order who really didn't look like. Uh, who didn't have solid expectations? They didn't have the background, and I was—it was a study I was doing, basically, on what they'd done in the past, and basically what the league average was. I treated all unknown players as league average. So, all right. Well, whatever okay. was said, then, uh, I, yeah, I, no, that's I, what I, I meant. Okay. I, I trust my memory more than I trust yours, so I'm not sure if you remember what you said, but I—I I have a recollection. I don't even this. remember who the hell you are, so let's <laughs> move on. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I trust my memory a lot better. But anyway, I just said, no, I think he's learning the strike zone. I remember distinctly telling you that, that he was having trouble uh, discerning strikes and maybe he's having some trouble with pitch recognition. And as soon as that is rectified, that he would start to hit. And so he really has done a good job. So I like him too. The guy who's puzzling in more ways than three is Diane Viciedo. He He's a hole yeah. in the lineup. And most imports who perform like this, they don't get much time on the grass. In fact, they get a lot of farm time. Uh, They get a really good suntan. Uh, Although players might be mistaken for, might be end up being mistaken for Viciato to get so much of a suntan. But uh, (laughs) what were you thinking about? Well, I was thinking, wow, that production, and this is his eighth year. Maybe the Dragons are planning to keep him around for nine years so they can get this kind of non-production from a guy who doesn't cost them an imported player roster spot. I I don't know what it is because uh, there was a situation the other day. It was the first and third and nobody out, and they were down a run against the Bay Stars, and all he had to do was what he has been doing most of the season, which is hitting ground balls to short. And all he had to do was hit into a double play, and they would have gotten on the tie and run home, and he couldn't do that. He ends up chasing a a ball that landed five feet in front of the plate and swinging at that to strike out. So, I mean, I mean, and you see these kinds of uh, throwaway at bats from him and it's mind numbing. I don't know if there, if the draft, if the draft system wasn't the way it was, I would swear that the, the, the dragons are actually tanking. They mm. brought in a bunch of uh, foreign players. They, they put them all on the farm very quickly. Aquino, 
Uh, Aristides Aquino was terrible, and they had to put him on the farm. But the other guys, they really haven't given them much of a shot since they sent them down. And they play on the farm. So I know they're still there. But it's Viciedo. I, I, I don't know what he has done to deserve all this playing time because he he's a minus. He's like a he, he as I said, he is hitting in a lot of double plays this season, but he's like two outs in one. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> That's hard to do. And it's hard to do. He's like two outs with uh, anybody on base. So I don't know how he gets all this playing time, but he does, and it's baffling. And I, 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 I'm looking at these other managers come in, and uh, especially uh, Masato Yoshi at at the Marines, and then Takahiro Arai at the Carp. And I'm thinking maybe these guys with this e- the easygoing nature and the in the happy-go-lucky uh, attitudes are better managers for this these young players. Because these young players seem to be responding. Both of these guys are using a lot of young players and they're getting a lot of production. And then they probably leave the veteran players alone and they're getting production from those guys as well. But Tatsunami, I, I don't, I don't know if he's, uh, I can't, I, I don't think he's a guy who yells, but I, I conversely, I think he's just a guy. If he doesn't like you and he doesn't think much of you, he just doesn't say anything to you. Mm. <laughs> you just don't, I don't know, but I, I just, I don't, I don't understand uh there was a play another day uh i'm sorry on thursday uh they had runners on first and third and there were two outs i'm sorry there was one out this time and they did get that double play ball that if they could beat it out they would have scored a run well the batter was shuhei takahashi and as he got closer to first base he actually slowed down because he thought that the defender was going to collide with him and i'm like Dude, you're not even playing. You should be running 110% just because. And you should never, ever slow down. You're running the first base. You know, there's no, there's never a reason to slow down uh, when you're running the first base unless you're going to hit the defensive player. You're going to collide with them uh, as they're trying to feel the pop-up or something. Otherwise, you go pell-mell. And he slowed up and actually, because he slowed up, the, the defender got to the bag and touched the bag first and they didn't score that run, which would have been the tie run. This team, and, and I mean, you know, the fish rots from the from the head down and all that stuff. But I, I just think it's it's a lot of tatsunami. I mean, these pitchers now we're going to see them slow down because to me they've been carrying so much of the load for the first half that they, can't, they just can't carry it anymore. We've seen that. I think two of these starts they had uh, uh, Shinosuke Ogasawara blew up a game the other day. Uh, Hideaki Wakui blew up a game recently. Uh, and they staked him to a two nothing lead and they were behind after the first inning. Um, they got a, the top of the first inning. They got two runs. Walker gave up three in the, in the bottom half. So they, they're just a, a total mess. I, I, you know, Jordan, I don't know what to say. I, I'm not going to encourage you to root for a different team, but I just, I don't see this getting better soon. So, uh, unless they change something and I don't think they've, we've gone through, uh, managers, I think, for the past eight years so everybody gets a two-year stint essentially it, it, i don't think that's exactly what it has been but something to that effect about two years for each guy three years for a couple of them and nothing has changed they either finished fifth or last so i i don't know what's going on but they there's certainly uh the the marginalization of talent is taking place among uh well with this manager in particular you can have a really powerful 
tool and you can have a good team, but you can mismanage it into into mediocrity. And that's what's happening. That's what I see out there. Anyway, Jim, any comments on Jordan's <laughs> liking of the dragons and that being all his right? Team? That's what that's what he said. I'm just trying to put it back together now. The <laughs> I I guess my my well, first of all, thanks so much, Jordan, for the compliments. I was uh, that really made my day. And I think what I would do is something akin to what, if if I were you, is do something akin to what I did when I was uh, starting to write baseball books and starting to research Japanese baseball. And I was really into uh, analytics back in the the late 80s and looking at every game. But I would, I'd say, I'd start looking at players and say, you know, who is this guy? What is special about him? You know, on anybody who caught your eye, you know, and start looking, you know, looking through their numbers and finding out what you can in the English media and uh, sort of getting a feel for the players because that's was for me and and the same as we do with the managers and you know is is this guy is a power pitcher or is a finesse pitcher what's his thing uh, to me that really just made the game really human it made it really fun you know I could root for team players whatever team you know I like this guy's approach I like this guy's swing I like the way he plays defense it just made every game so much more fun so that's what I would I, that would that's my advice for you i don't really have any comments about the dragons um you know that's john's <laughs> that's john's thing i i don't know anything really about tatsunami but i i my com my lone comment is that at the all-star break tatsunami had his meeting with the owner in which he gives a report you know and he, he goes to the owner and says wow we're really bad and you know and it's my fault and the owner says, no, no, it's not your fault because the fans love you. And the fan, we know the fans love you because our attendance is up. And to which Twitter sighed and laughed. I can't tell you what I did, but um, I was in the restroom at the time. So you can get an idea. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, the, yeah. Well, yeah. So what but the, we... the Chunichi owners have kind of a, they have kind of this love and love hate relationship with the truth, with the really obvious truth. Uh, I remember before well, I'm trying to recall who the who the manager was at the time. It was uh, Morimichi Takagi was the manager most of the 90s when it wasn't Senichi Hoshino, much of the 90s when it wasn't Senichi Hoshino. And one year the Dragons looked like they were going to finish second to the Carp, but they were they had a they were in the pennant thick of the pennant race. Hmm? Ninety one. That sounds exactly correct. It was ninety one. That was my and, first full season. Yeah, that's right. And the owner came out and delivered an ultimatum. And says we're going to get rid of the manager if they don't win the pennant. And then of course the Dragons put on this really really good run in the second half. And he says, well, we're going to keep the manager now because they played really well in the second half. And all you got the impression was he didn't understand what he said, what he he didn't understand what was going on when he made this statement in the first place. And he didn't understand what was going on when he decided to keep the manager. He was just doing stuff. <laughs> and, I, and, and this whole this whole statement about fans like Tatsunami because attendance is better sounds so reminiscent of that whole that whole song and dance, which is really more of a Yomiuri Giants thing. Yeah, yeah, just weird. So yeah, to go through the managers, yeah, uh, Takagi came back and he was there from 2012 to 2013, so for two years. Then Motonobu Tanishige was a player manager in 
14 and then just the manager in 2015 and 16, I believe, or, or crossover into 15, but he didn't play much in 15. So maybe he was more of a manager. And then it was, uh, Shige Kazumori for two years and then Tsuyoshi Yoda for three years. So yeah, mm. it's basically been a guy. Some of them, a couple of them got three years. Most have been there two years. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's really th- important one third, that... one third it's... place finish. And that was in 2020 under Yoda. But other than that, uh, since tw- since 2013, yeah. it's been fourth, fifth, sixth. Yeah, it's uh, one of the dragons things is you have to be a former dragon. And I remember one manager was blasted for not having it, not having he yeah, having too many coaches on his team that weren't former dragons. Right. Because what are all these poor former dragons going to do when they finish playing baseball? That's what we've got coaches for. Yeah. All right. Well, that says it all. It's, 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 we know the fans love you because the, the 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 attendance is up. That's right. All right. Uh, next question. And thank you again so much, Jordan, for the wonderful MP3. Uh, next one is from Ian in Texas, and that came via email. And he says, JBW, gentlemen, thank you for mm. the, the continued insight into MPB, especially with the player interviews. I had a couple of things I wanted to ask. In light of Trevor Bauer's behavior on the field so far, how far do you think DNA will let his behavior continue? I watch his YouTube videos as they provide an interesting look into import players' lives in Japan, in my opinion. I'm aware of the controversy surrounding him, and I don't wish to get into that discussion. I just don't see what DNA can do to save face when future outbursts occur. Secondly, in terms of the Tigers, what would you contribute to their success this year? Is it a different management style compared to Akihiro Yano from the manager Akinobu Okada? Mm-hmm. Or maybe having Takumu Nakano or Yusuke Oyama or Teruaki Sato playing in stable conditions has helped them produce? Just curious about what y'all think. Looking forward to the second half of the season. Gambate Hanshin Tigers. So as far mm. as Bauer goes, I'll start because I know you I know you got stuff to say about that. But um as 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 far as what he has done, I guess the antics on the mound, uh the outburst that he had when they blew the rundown play when he was on the mound. I, I just think it's just part he's a fiery guy. He has been that way for a while. He has been doing his little sword performance thing that yeah, that's something he brought over here from the States. Uh, minus that meltdown on that botched rundown play where he just yelled at everybody. And and I heard some F-bombs and some wake-ups and that whole thing, but he got his stuff under control. I don't think, you know, I'm more concerned about the fact that he gets to manipulate the rotation in that he says, I want to pitch every four days or on four days rest. And then that throws off his teammates. And that would disturb me more than him yelling at a few guys when something bad happens. I don't, you know, I was a yeller. <laughs> guys, when I played basketball, I would yell at them on the court and I'd yell at the referees and I'd yell at some other people too. I'd yell at anybody who got in my way. But anyway, uh, I don't mind the emotion. I just think that's part of it. Uh, you do have to curb it and curtail it and you can't let that get in the way of the players. But as far as the baseball, uh, I think he's doing a good job in terms of, uh, you know, keeping himself in uh, check when he needs to and and being a good pitcher and a, and a good teammate. Jim? Well, so far he's pitched quite well. And I think, that, of course, the question is what happens when something that has nothing to do. I think the real question is what happens 
A, when his emotion gets the best of him or something happens off the field. Um, but yeah, the base the next, stars, the yeah. next accusation, the next yeah. one, yeah. well, <laughs> and well, the next one. <laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't know, you know, the base stars pretended like nothing ever happened until, oh, we already knew about those accusations. It's like it, they made it sound like they never heard of any. Oh, because, you know, he didn't tell them about them. So the base stars are playing this, you know, being coy about the whole thing. And they're going to pretend nothing ever happened until it happens and then they'll make probably make it sound like they didn't know then you know it's like oh we didn't know about none of this stuff you know he 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 just got you know he became a problem or there's a problem or they'll do what they're doing now which is denying there was ever anything wrong and deny that anything ever happened they're really good at that so i don't know yeah if you read jim's posts on jballallen.com jim calls them the deniers and you know, I, I don't I don't mind it <laughs> because they have they have denied a lot of things. And and so does <laughs> Trevor Bauer. But uh, yeah, look, I, mean, I think I think the, the, the base star set the bar really low when they made the, the move to acquire him. And so they're just going to step over the bar whenever something bad happens. I don't think it's not that high. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've seen this. Uh, we see this a lot in Japan and we, we see this a lot in MLB too. You know, teams will get players and when the players go back, they go, well, geez, you never knew. I mean, Trevor Bauer had this problem. Uh, there was a manager, uh Reds manager um, who had, uh, who had was well known throughout MLB to be sh- sharing pictures of his intimate parts with uh un, with uh, unwelcomely to female reporters and staff members so that he got an unwelcome nickname and i think he was trevor brown man trevor bowers manager once in 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 cincinnati and these things are all well known uh, so and MLB teams were happy to turn their back and say, oh, well, we never knew about it. So, you know, the base stars are basically trying to be an MLB team in that respect. They're trying to pretend that they never heard about it. So, well, more look, power the, to them if it works. Yeah, this is a marriage. I, I, I think it goes both ways. I think they are in it and they're not going to run away just because they're, you know, at the first sign of problems, they're going to try to stick it out, tough it out, go to counseling, do whatever it takes to Although push say, I think if, I think if I were them, I would have said, look, Trevor, you're getting paid 21 plus million dollars from the Dodgers. You want to play baseball, you pay us. <laughs> well, he's making them pay. <laughs> okay. in some respects but... so anyway so th- so there's that and as as the tigers go i mine is pretty simple i don't think it's a manager style i love doki hero yana too i i i always actually i, I was i've always been quite fond of Ak- akinobu okada because he's really generally speaking very no nonsense very down to earth uh he doesn't he does mince words actually quite a bit, but what he does is, is he you know, chews like, on words, man. That dude, <laughs> so hard. Okay, masticates. Like, okay, among... okay. So there's some there's some major mastication going on there, but 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 it's the point is, you know, he lets the guys play and do their thing, and it doesn't make a big deal. He's he's pretty he's pretty funny and laid back in his way, and I, I like that. Um, but the I would say the thing with the Tigers is the big thing is okay this is a team whose top two pitchers really have done precious little this year mm. coming into the season Koyo Aoyagi and 
and Yuki Nishi, you know, the two guys I really ex- depended on. And instead, they get Kotaro, uh, Kotaro Otake from the second chance active player draft. And they they had the guy who led the Western League in ERA for two years, Shoki Murakami, come up and, and show that that wasn't a fluke. So those two, that, those things were, I think, really the big thing was those two guys coming up. Um, for me, I was listening to a broadcast the other day, and of course, uh, I, I do want to credit the manager because I know he's an old school guy, but he just, I think he just makes it simple. You do your work. We're going to play like this. Everybody knows their roles. Let's go out and win. I think the messages are short and simple because like what you, when you said, he does the words, the way he mumbles and he's like the gremlin or whatever that guy was in the McDonald's commercials in the 70s. But anyway, I, I think two things that are really driving the Tigers. One is that Nakano and uh, one of my favorite players, Koji Chikamoto, have, they're like just the, the top duo in in Japan in terms of being at the top of the lineup, whether they're hitting behind directly in front of or behind each other or they're split up uh those two guys at the top of the lineup uh in the top three are really driving that team you know one of them doesn't get on the other one does if the other one gets on they can both steal bases they can both move runners over and you know a long time ago i told this story before years ago on jbw as well one of the coaches i heard tell his players hey be an rbi you know, be that run batted in. And the way you can do that is you can walk, you can get to second with a steal, you can move to third on a ground ball, and, and you can score on a wild pitch or some other some other way from third, but be an RBI. And those guys are, are scoring a lot of runs and they are important. And then, you know, we haven't talked too much about Teruaki Sato and his uh, ability to to be consistent. And he has had some, some trouble staying consistent this season, but uh, you know, he's he's going through a stretch right now where he's hitting for power. He's consistently getting on base and that helps. But the other thing I think uh, that I didn't notice that I heard on the radio the other day was that the Tigers there uh, and I can't I, I didn't check to see who this was doing the color uh, uh, color commentary this day. But he said, look, the, the Tigers, they don't hit that. Their, their team batting average isn't that high. It's like fifth in the Central League. But their walks are high. They lead the mm-hmm. Central League in walks, and they move runners over, and they get them home. And uh, you know they they're hitting okay. I'm I'm still looking for that number. What they're hitting with runners in scoring position is it's probably even not that high, that much higher than any other team as a team. But they they are getting those key runs. You know what I mean? The ones that they need. If they come up with runners in scoring position late in games they're getting you know, more hits than not it seems so uh, i think that's one of the things you get a, they have a lot of traffic on base they're able to get those guys home they were to move along and they put up a zero and the top of the uh, 12th inning here on saturday night late on saturday night if you guys are still, <laughs> to still have been watching this game but uh so they go into the bottom of the 12th with a chance to either finish with a tie or a win so uh against the carp so um, so that's one thing, you know, and their pitchers have really been, you, you know, Jim said uh, Aoyagi hasn't been there. But even when he was bad, he was just bad for him. He wasn't he wasn't blowing up games consistently. He just wasn't winning. Uh, he pitched bad poorly enough to lose the game, but he wasn't getting blown up. So 
they've had pretty decent pitching, but they that has been the, the record for this team or the, the book on this team. Really good pitching is going to keep them in most of the games every day. And uh, they could scramble up enough offense that they would be good. But it's still just July. I'm not going to say that, you know, the, the I've seen a Hanshin team do really well. And then August come along and things go bad or go poorly or somebody gets hurt. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not giving him all this, but I like what Otaki has been doing. And remember, um, uh, they, they haven't gotten anything from uh, mm. the, the handsome man club president uh takumi akiyama one of my favorite uh one of the guys i think is a really handsome pitcher let's just put it that way it's a good looking dude and he can pitch and they haven't gotten much of anything for him so they have him uh possibly coming back and everybody who has been out there on the mound has seemed to be a contributor so yeah really good first half but there's the second half and this is we're coming to the business end of this of the season here where things have to go I wouldn't say right, but they have to go well for you as you're going down. I mean, you got to finish this thing off. It's not like you can load the bases with nobody out and then think that you're going to score a run because somebody's got to get that run home. So they've got to bring it home and uh, people have to stay healthy. I'm glad Chikamoto is healthy again and back out there and uh, they have to finish it off. But, you know, this is going to be a race. This is going to, the carp not going to go away easily, obviously. And, uh, uh, I like the manager of the carp as well. I think Arai is you know, he's one of just my favorite guys in NPV. So uh, to see his team playing so well in his first year is, is awesome. So should be fun. It's going to be, you know, I always root for the pennant to be decided on the last pitch of the season. So <laughs> as, as long as it doesn't involve my team, which it hasn't for decades. <laughs> well, who knows? I mean, it could be that. They're the one, you know, they're the last, the last game, the last game playing with a pennant contender. Yes. A Diane Vicieto hitting into a season ending triple play. Could happen. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, Ian, for the question. And Jordan, thank you so much for the comment and the MP3. Anyone else who has a question, comment, uh, criticism, anything you want to talk about, uh, just a talking point if you want to ship it over. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at JBW Podcast with the hashtag High Heat. Send questions and MP3s via email to yakyujohn at gmail.com or you can go to our Facebook page and leave us a message there. It's nice and hot and the pennant race is heating up. So we will talk to you next week. Enjoy your baseball. And see you at the ballparks.